0: You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 3800 Marlton Pike. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.church. I had a feeling that something like that was going to happen because I'm terrified. Um, But hello! (laughs) Hello! Let me just take in all you beautiful people. So nice I know you're having fun with that <laughs> um, okay so um, uh, Rachel asked me to talk about hearing God's voice and I was like okay I can do that um, since this is a period of discernment as we go through Lent and everything um, it would be she thought it would be a good idea to kind of talk about how to hear God's voice, and that's one of the questions that, as she mentioned, um, people ask a lot, like, how do I hear his voice? But even better yet, the question that we get asked the most is, how do I know it's from God? So, um, so I'll talk a little bit more about it, and we'll do a little exercise at the end, like an activation exercise at the end, um, not gonna be as good as Liz's Um, that was pretty awesome by the way so but it'll be an exercise so Um, so hearing God's voice um, for me um, when I turned 30 that's when I became a Jesus follower Um, up until then I was raised in a Hindu home and I worshiped Hindu gods uh, deities and stuff like that Um, and then Uh, for the next six years, until I turned 36 or so, um, I had a relationship with God and I developed a relationship with Jesus, but it it was pretty much one-sided because I would spend time praying um, and worshiping and reading the Bible and getting to know about Jesus. But there, there, it was not back and forth. It was not, it was just one-sided. And we all know that one-sided relationships don't really work. I mean, there's gotta be some back and forth, some giving, receiving, communication, response, you know, that kind of stuff. So, so that's, um, so one-sided relationship for me was easy because it was controlled by me. So I got to decide when I was going to pray And I decided when I was going to worship and I decided when I was gonna read the Bible. It was all in my terms and there was nothing else required, you know. So, um, let's see. So John says, you examine the scriptures because you think that in them you will find eternal life. And it is those very scriptures that testify about me and yet you are unwilling to come to me so that you may have life. In other words, the scriptures testify about Jesus. And we look at the scriptures and we read the Bible, but he's inviting us to be in a two-sided relationship here. He's not saying that the scriptures testify about me and with that you will have eternal life. He's saying. You come to me so you can have eternal life. You have a relationship with me. And so he's inviting us in this, in this verse in John, he's inviting us to have that intimate relationship with him. Not knowing just about him, but actually knowing him. When you have friendships, you know about people when you go online and you look at Facebook and you know what's going on with them and that's easy but it's harder and it takes a lot more intention to go to that person and really get to know them. And so this is what we are invited into, not just you know, browsing through Facebook or Instagram and all that, knowing about certain person, but actually getting to know God. And um, we don't wanna, we wanna bring scripture to life. So we don't wanna codify scripture, but we want to experience it. And that's what we are invited into. John says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. What does that mean, spirit and in truth? We in the West are used to worshiping in truth because everything is word. Where the word says this, and the word says that, and and we don't, we don't worship in spirit as much because somehow we are afraid that if we don't know the exact doctrine, we're gonna fall into some sort of deception. If we worship in spirit only, then we're not gonna know, and so therefore, no, we shouldn't do that. We should worship in truth, word, 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 word. And that's what it's being drilled into us. But here John is saying that we must worship in spirit and truth, so both are valid. Yes to both, not either or, but both. So when we look at rational Christianity, which is worshiping in truth, we have theology, code of ethics, laws, works, head knowledge, external guidance, self effort, and conscious level. These are all valid in a, in a certain sense because they're worshiping in truth. This is what that looks like, rational Christianity. Um, but then worshiping in spirit looks like this. we have the indwelling spirit. We have intimacy with God, spiritual encounters with Jesus. we have faith, revelation, inner witness, communion, and dreams and visions. And so um, spiritual Christianity is often overlooked, again, because we feel deceived. We feel like somehow we are going to be deceived and at the same time we're still falling into the deception of rationalism and, and we're missing this part. So God says both. Um, John says we worship in spirit and in truth. So I wanted to go through um, a couple of examples. One example from the Old Testament on, on hearing God's voice, and then some examples from the New Testament about hearing God's voice. So, um, so in 1 Samuel 23, uh, just to give you a little bit context here, um, David is running away from Saul because David has been anointed uh, by God to be the next king and Saul officially is still a king, but he is chasing after David to kill him. And so David's running away, David's hiding in places, and so he hears from his men, word comes to him that the Philistines have been plundering the town of Keilah. And so he doesn't know what to do because these folks hated the Philistines. Um, so he inquires of the Lord, he asks God, he says... this it's not working. Point, it at, the, point oh. at the ceiling. Okay. Point it at the Lord. Oh, there we go. So he says, um, in verse 2, he says, shall I attack the Philistines? He's asking God, like, what shall I do? So there's a conversation going on between David and, and God here, and he's saying, well, shall I attack the Philistines? And God says, and God says, yes. He says, go attack the Philistines and save, kill it. So he, he's like, okay, I'll do that. But then his men come to him, and they're freaking out, and they're like, no, you can't go, because they, Saul's gonna find out, and he's gonna kill us. And we are fine where we are right now. We are hiding in this hiding place, so we don't need to be going out there and killing any Philistines. We just want to stay where we are. So David asks again. So in verse 4, he's like, are you sure? And so, so then God said, I will hand over the Philistines to you. It's so easy. He makes it even easier. It's like, you don't even have to go fight them. I will hand them over to you. They're yours. And by the way, I think someone needs to hear this. If you are on Zoom or you're in, in this room or you're going to listen to this later, um, I feel like God is saying that when something, when a door needs to be opened, it will be open completely and that you can walk into it so he's gonna hand over this thing that you're waiting on he's gonna hand it over to you if it's his will and if you're wondering if it's his will then that he will open it up and he will let you enter through it so i want you to know that um anyway going back um so god says yeah i'm gonna hand over the philistines over to you so so he's like, okay, so then he does that. He defeats the Philistines, he takes over Keilah, he's there. And then Saul finds out that he is there. And so Saul sends his men to, to get him. And so David's completely freaking out. So he, he asks God again. He says, will the people of Keilah surrender me to Saul? Because he knew that Saul was coming. And God said, they will. So we see this conversation that's happening. So this exists, God is having a conversation in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, Jesus said in John 12 he says, so I say whatever the Father tells me to say. Jesus is hearing God. So he's hearing and he's saying whatever the Father is telling him to say. And then again in John, the son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the father doing. He's seeing in the spiritual realm. He's seeing what his father is doing. And so I wanna suggest to you that if David needed to hear God's voice, if Jesus needs God and he needs to hear his voice and sees what he's doing, how much more we're gonna need to hear from him, not just by one sided relationships, but hear back and receive from him. It would be really arrogant for us to say that, oh, no thanks, I don't need, I don't need all that. I don't need to hear God's voice. What are you talking about? It's all in the Word. But this is happening. Why wouldn't it happen for us? Why would we think that we didn't need it? Um, we wanna be interdependent, we wanna hear his voice, we wanna have a relationship with him. Definitely. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I know that Rachel, you covered that earlier. So, um, hearing God's voice is for everyone. So I encourage you that you don't have to be, you know, holy. You don't have to be, um, you know, sinless, or you don't, you don't have to be anything. You, you can hear God's voice. And even if you're not a Christian, you can still hear God's voice. And before you throw stones at me, uh, I just want to give you an example. <laughs> That's what I was saying. You don't have to be a Christian to hear God's voice. So when I was 10 years old, I, um, my parents, who raised me Hindu, took me to India to see this man here. And they raised me to believe that he was God and he was alive at the time. And we went to this village in India when I was 10 years old. And um, we entered the village, we got to the village and this is what I saw, the extreme poverty in the village. And that's that's a bathroom, by the way. Um, So we went to see this guy, and then I saw this when we walked in. But then to see him, we had to go through a gate, and he lived in this big temple that was built just for him. And Everything was clean, tidy, you know, the the yard was all done and clean and everything, and millions of people came to visit that place. Millions of people came and worshiped this man, um, who who was a self-declared god. So, it was a little strange, because given the poverty that we have in India, I saw with my own eyes how Hungry people were being turned away at the gate, and um, people were starving, and beggars were begging, and I saw dogs dead on the floor in the streets because they were so hungry. <coughs> so this is where he lived. There's another structure in the same village, and there's him posing in his Mercedes, which. That's nothing, he had a Rolls Royce. So, and, and you see the people there um, who are worshiping him. I was one of those people, when my parents took me, I was sitting in one of those lines, waiting for him to come out and for him to bless us. And so, um, as he was coming out, I was, I was 10 years old. I didn't know, you know. I just listened to whatever my parents said, and kind of follow it. Um, but I watched him as he was going, and people were just you know, crying and touching the hem of his garment and all this stuff, trying to get a hold of him. Bless, bless me, bless me. And I clearly heard when he came by. I was staring at him, and for a split second, our eyes locked. And I looked at him, and all of a sudden, I saw an ordinary man. I saw a human being, I did not see a God. And, and that, then I heard a small voice say, I'm much more bigger and limitless than this. And I was 10 years old, like, I didn't know what was going on, who was you know? Uh, of course later to find out that I was hearing God's voice, I was not a Christian, guys. Anyone can hear God's voice. I was 10, I, wasn't, I was just minding my business, you know. So, of course we, we look at this contrast of this so-called um, God in this throne made of pure gold, by the way, and our Jesus who died on the cross and took the cup of suffering for us. And that says a lot, that image says a lot. First Corinthians, you know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Idols are mute. I was worshiping to one of the mute idols because no matter what I did, if I fasted or prayed, nothing was happening. And um, that could be mute idols like I prayed, but could be mute idols could also be addictions. And, you know, we're, we're going to these addictions and we're not getting anything in return. It just doesn't satisfy. And Job says, for God does speak, now one way, now another, though man may not perceive it. So God is speaking all the time. The way I see it is this way. This is radio and God is speaking through the radio waves. And one way or another, but we are not perceiving it. We're not tuning in to his voice. We're not tuning him to what he's trying to say to us. But he's always willing and ready to speak to us. And he's always broadcasting. So, how do we hear God's voice? Here's the. Fun part. Okay. So one of the examples that we gather from um, the Bible is um, from the book of Habakkuk. And um, is it Habakkuk or Habakkuk? It doesn't matter. It a motto. Huh? It, a motto. Oh, it doesn't matter. Habakkuk. Oh, it doesn't matter. Um, so he's a minor prophet. and. It's just a few chapters but the first chapter he's just kind of whining and crying out to God and he's saying you know this is an injustice what's going on here where are you why you're not responding you know talk to me talk to your servant and so um, in the second chapter um, we read and he says I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post there I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Then the Lord said to me, record the vision and write it on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. So there was some plundering going on and some injustices going on. So that's why God said write it on the tablets so that a runner can carry it with him. So we can derive a few keys from this passage over here. Um, He's climbing up to the watchtower. He's standing at his guard post. He's going to wait to see what the Lord has to say. And then the Lord says, record the vision and write it down. So key number one is quiet yourself down. Key number one is to, as Habakkuk said, I'm just gonna sit and wait, I'm gonna quiet myself down. So this is one of the steps that's very important because we tend to get very distracted with electronics, phones, social media, music, whatever, kids. And so it is important to quiet yourself down, get into a space where you can quiet your mind. Not specifically quiet, but quiet your mind out and um, be at that place where you don't have any distractions. Um, the second step is to fix your eyes on Jesus and that means that when you are quieted down and you're in a state of meditation maybe if you like to meditate or do yoga you can do that Um, but fixing your eyes on Jesus so we don't want to clear our heads and just have a blank slate we want to focus on Jesus we want to hear so you can do that maybe by um, having a picture of Jesus in your mind while you're quieting down and, or you could even um, think about a story in the Bible, which is what I did. I thought about a story in the Bible and sat there and listened to Jesus Jesus speak to the, to the disciples, and I felt like I was in the picture, you know? So you can do that. Or you can sing a song, a worship song, uh, maybe some lyrics come to your mind that have to do with Jesus. But always having something, Jesus, into your mind. Um, while you quiet yourself down. The third step is to tune to spontaneous thoughts. And this is important because a lot of people get confused about this and they get hung up here. This is the point where people are like, yeah, no, that was just me, I ate bad pizza and I heard this stupid stuff. and, And no, it's not bad pizza because if you're doing steps one and two, then you're gonna to get to step three. At some point, God's gonna produce a thought into your head which probably you think it was you thinking, and it's a spontaneous thought. It's something you would have never thought or would have never occurred to you. So for example, in the morning, you wake up in the morning and you hear the lyrics of a song in your head. How many of you have had that? Few people, and you you never Maybe you didn't even think about that song for 20 years. You know, it just popped in your head. That's a spontaneous thought. That's something maybe you can pay attention to. Um, So just stuff like that. that Something like you're going about doing your business, all of a sudden you think about somebody, all of a sudden you're like, oh, I haven't thought about this person in like 10 years. That's a spontaneous thought. That's what we should be paying attention to. Okay, God, what are you trying to say about this person? Okay, God, what do you want to tell me about this song? About these lyrics? Maybe an image comes to your head and you see something all of a sudden as you are spending time with Jesus. It can happen. What does that mean? Those are the thoughts that we need to be paying attention to because many times they may think that it's you, but it really is not you. Um, and so, many times when we wake up in the mornings, when your mi- mind is still so half awake, these thoughts come—spontaneous thoughts—and it's worth paying attention to those. Some people dream; dreams have a meaning. So, dreams and visions also are spontaneous because you, th- you you have no control over them; they just popped up. All right. So step four, write it down. Whatever you hear, whatever you see, um, whatever songs, write it down. Ask God, what is this? Tell me what this is. What does this mean? So quiet yourself down, fix your eyes on Jesus, tune to spontaneous thoughts, and then write it down. Simple enough, right? I was actually lamenting to my husband a while ago because I brought a show, I was going to bring a show and tell and I was going to talk to you guys about my time with God uh, during my divorce and I had all these journals all piled up to bring them and I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) And God said, you know, you can still talk about our time together and I was like, okay. So. I spent a lot of time journaling, especially when I was going through my divorce. Of course, we always remember God in hard times. Why would we remember God in good times? I don't know. Um, but anyway, it was a bad time in my life. I was remembering God. I wanted so, so much to have a deep relationship with him. I wanted to hear from him. I was struggling, I was hurting, I was threatened, and it was just living hell. Um, but, um, God, um, I started writing. I started journaling. I, was, I, I did these four steps all the time. And I took some time off. When my kids were in school, just had that quiet time, spent some time with Jesus, and tried to hear his voice. But I have to say, it was hard because I was hurting. And so my conversations with God usually began with, I hate this crap. And, uh, What does it have to happen to me? And so I went all victim on him and he was just so patient with me and he was like, you're my daughter. I love you. I've called you out for a purpose. You're, you know. And so it was just, it was just me complaining and then him saying all these uh, awesome things about me, not even like saying, oh, you're wrong. Um, But that was my time with the Lord and slowly, I started coming out of that hurt, and of course it took community, it took many, it took counseling as well. But I'm just pointing this out that God was a big factor in my life to receive that healing, and I received from Him. It wasn't just me praying, and it was me complaining. But then I was also receiving from Him. I was receiving, you know, His His goodness, His faithfulness in my life, His provision. And so um, it was just an amazing experience. All right, here's the main question. How do I know it's from God? (laughs) Okay, so there are several things that we can talk about when we wanna know if it's from God or not. So the first one, you want to confirm it by scripture. So if you're hearing something from God, if you're hearing, if you're seeing a vision, if you're seeing some words, and if you write it down and, and you know, whatever you're writing down, you don't know if it's from God or not. You're like, ah, oh, this is just, this is just me. I mean, you know, how do I know it's from God? Well, confirm it by scripture. Is it in the Bible? Um, sometimes you can journal and, 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 well, God told me that I could leave my house and leave my family. And go and do whatever, not necessarily um, confirm. So it's always good to confirm. Whether it be, if someone's given you a word or um, you've had a dream or something, always try to get confirmation. And here are some of the confirmations that we're going to cover. The first one is confirmed by, by scripture. The second one is confirmed by the nature of God. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. James says it clearly. Is the vision, the word, what are you hearing? Is it sincere? Is it considerate? Is it peace-loving? Is it, does it bring good fruit? Is it impartial? Or is it full of anger? So that's, that's a big deal because these things come from God. And so you can confirm whatever you're reading, if it's from God, by looking at this. Saying, okay, does this go with God's nature? Is God like that, what I'm reading? If you're angry, and you're writing down whatever you're angry about is one thing, but if you're hearing back anger, that doesn't go with God's nature. Because God has already told us in Isaiah, he'll never be angry again. So, all right. Confirmed by inner witness. First John, but since his anointing teaches you about all things and is truth and not a lie, remain in relationship to him just as he taught you. Staying and abiding in God, praying and spending time with Jesus, thinking about Jesus, being in that relationship and knowing that Holy Spirit lives in you is that inner witness, that's a confirmation. right. Confirmed by fruit inspection. Uh, This is my favorite one, the nine fruits of the spirit. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Galatians says it best. Um, Is this fruit, whatever you're writing, is it encouraging you? Is it an encouraging word? Is what God telling you, does that give you peace? Does, Does that Um, Are you feeling uplifted? Are you feeling edified? And those are the things you need to be looked for. How does this writing make you feel? One more that I wanna use, um, that I wanna add here, and I, I didn't add it to the slide, and is conforming through community. So when you write something down and you trust other people that are in your community, you are also hearing from God it's also good to ask others, hey, can you take a look at this? Do you think this is from God? Do you think this is what I'm hearing? When I was in ministry school, I had that when we were going through this exercise and we were writing down whatever God was telling us. I had somebody to go to who was hearing from God and saying, hey, can you take a look at this, please? Because I don't know if this is from God. And they would confirm it and say, yeah, this sounds like it's kind of like him, something he would say. And so, And the more you practice, the better you get at it. So that's very important. I want to point out, like, there's so many times a husband and wife who are one, um, the husband will say, oh, God told me to do blah, blah, blah. And God speaks to both because the two become one. And so it's always best to ask the spouse, are you hearing the same thing? Are you hearing what I'm hearing? Is this what God is calling us to do? Is this going to bring good fruit? Is this edifying? And so it's very important that we don't work individually, but as a community. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected, visit circleofhope.church. You can also find us on Instagram or Facebook at Circle of Hope Net.